See, Colin, Karabu was getting sick of me pontificating and interrupted me like that. And that was probably a right thing to do. Now, listen, Chester Missing is wondering why Jeff Bezos has based his rocket on Carl Niehaus. Um, and I didn't find that at all because there's this phallic rocket that Jeff Bezos blasted into space with um, was was a marvelous thing to watch. But we do look at the business unusual. We look at space being the final frontier. Um, and it's just, they'll become a tourist trap. It's become this wonderful opportunity for people to go and be a, go weightless if they want to. Um, but it is sort of the billionaire space race at this stage. Does it broaden its appeal? Can you and I one day afford to buy a ticket, I wonder? I would say yes is the short answer. How long it'll take before we can afford one uh, is a different sort of prospect. But like most of these things, something uh, amazing happens that is really remarkable uh, through some crazy human endeavor. Uh, it gets evolved a little bit. Things get cheaper. Some more people try it. It then becomes a little more uh, mainstream and then everybody's using it. If we think back to sort of the first powered flight and then it took another uh, almost 20 years before the first commercial flight. And then once that so took off, you know, we just saw it progressing and progressing until until we kind of get to now. Um I am mindful that I can absolutely gush about all of the wonderful stats and, you know, figures and facts and stuff related to all of this stuff. So I have to sort of like really contain myself to, to, to keep it all in check, uh, particularly given that yesterday was the anniversary. It's the reason Jeff Bezos decided to use uh, the 20th of July for his uh, first little flip up into space uh, and invariably was the reason why Branson decided to say as soon as his space flight could be assured of not exploding uh, as soon as it was let go. He would want to jump on board to be able to be uh, astronaut 001 and all of the wonderful marketing that go along with it. And, and good for them. Uh, it's created exactly the sort of buzz that these sort of things need uh, to, to, to get started. And of course, Elon Musk uh, has done his part uh, for making it all that much more possible. Uh, the spaceships are amazing. The people behind them sometimes less so, uh, but they are guided by the same sort of principles that guide all massive businessmen that, that do things primarily, I suppose, for their own interests, for, for wealth, for their own grandeur. But humanity in the end does kind of benefit from it, uh, thanks, thanks to what they did do. But I wonder if I could uh, start, or I've, I suppose I've already started. Let me ask you this. Uh, mm -hmm. Neil Armstrong. Uh, you know, all those years ago, 52 years ago, I think it was yesterday, uh, had, had a m amazing sort of weight on his shoulders to, to climb off that land after having landed. And he flew the lander to the moon. It wasn't all automatically done. The computer sort of over, overclocked itself and sort of fried. So he had to physically land it. So after having done that, he then had to broadcast to the entire listening world, watching world, if they had television, televisions at the time, a, a line, a line which many people kind of know. But I wondered, did you know if he got the line right? No, he didn't. Um, because it was meant to be, I think, one. Oh, but you, you know, we could we could play it. I could play it for you, and then you could point oh, it out because that's. Oh, that, oh okay, so, okay, so we, okay. Let's see if others can spot it as well. So here was the line he delivered with a little bit of extra just for setting the scene. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming down the ladder now. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming. Okay, I just checked uh, getting back up to that first step. Uh, it's uh, that doesn't collapse too far, but uh, it's there. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. So now go ahead. Well, other than he was complaining about the step, um, which kind of ruined his mojo, I hadn't ever heard that part of it before. But he was meant to say it's one giant, well, it's one small step for a man, 
and one giant leap for mankind. He left out the A, didn't he? He can be so grateful that Twitter wasn't around at the time because can you imagine the grammar Nazis <laughs> correcting him after that? It would have been terrible. Yes, that was the case. Initially, he said, no, I did say it and got lost in the broadcast. It was a man. I said, not man. Uh, and, and eventually he just kind of said, you know what? I fluffed the line. Give me a break. I landed on the moon. So, you know, just step back. And what else is remarkable is yesterday, Dr. Buzz Aldrin, who is on Twitter, who is, you know, pretty old these days, uh, tweeted to say, hey, where were you 52 years ago, which is amazing. But what a lot of people don't know about Buzz Aldrin, who is amazing, uh, is that he's a bit of an egotist. Because I don't know if you know about the quote that he supposedly gave on the moon. Because he, he stepped out of the lander and he said, I am Buzz Aldrin, the second man on the moon. Kneel before me. And I don't think a lot of people know that he had that sort of side <laughs> Really? <laughs> no, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, just checking. I mean, that would have been good. Neil before me. It would have been a great line. Uh, and maybe now he regrets having not used it. But uh, absolutely amazing stuff. And I'm reminded by, you know, the, the likes of Star Trek, which actually the, the first series finished just before they landed. And that gave us the, the notion of, uh, you know, space being the final frontier to boldly go where no one has gone before. They now say it used to say where no man has gone before. They've corrected that. Uh, and Carl Sagan, one of my favorites, he described uh, the pale blue dot in a most stirring speech about why we need to protect this tiny little speck that we all live on. Um, I will include the video online. I can't play it here because, of course, there's all copyrights and things. Um, but, but this was a picture that was taken by the Voyager spacecraft in 1990. It was six billion kilometers, more or less, from Earth. And just 34 minutes after that picture was taken and took however many hours it was for get back to Earth, it shut its cameras down for the last time. It effectively was too far away. Its batteries are too weak to be able to do anything more useful to us other than be a Voyager out off into the heavens, hopefully to be found by somebody who will, who will say, wow, good, good on you, humanity. You, you managed to, to do this sort of thing. I'm feeling a bit like, um, Professor Block at the moment. I know he speaks quite glowingly about these astronomical terms, but I, you do wind up getting that way uh, about, you know, whether it be Yuri Gagarin 61, who was the first person to actually of all living things, of all of our evolution, that's how long it took us to 1961 before a living thing could move beyond the bounds of gravity and not have to come back again. In fact, Douglas Adams has got a great way of describing it is that flying is throwing yourself at the ground and missing. And it took us all the way till then before we could do it. Now, the Branson Bezos Billionaires Club, uh, they didn't do that. They threw themselves at the ground and they definitely came back again. It was a suborbital flight, uh, but they got the definition for being able to say that they were in space because of this kind of idea called the common line. We have to at some point decide where the Earth atmosphere finishes and space starts. And so if you're if you're American and you want to use miles, it's at 50 miles, which is what Branson relied on. Uh, Bezos went a slightly better and he says, OK, I'll take the, the more metric uh, version, uh, which is about 100 kilometers. And so he went up just a little bit beyond that before heading back. But I got to tell you, you know, the guy who got the best deal for this thing, that was Dennis Tito. He was the first space tourist back in 2001, 20 years ago. He uh, went uh, via the Russians up to the space station. He spent eight days on the space station, uh, 127 trips. I think he managed to do around the Earth uh, for that time. He paid $20 million. The guy who bought the ticket and didn't wind up going with Jeff Bezos uh, yesterday paid $28 million. So obviously the inflation in space tourism is, is quite remarkable. And then, of course, we had our own uh, Mark Shuttleworth. Uh, he went up in 2002. And I wonder if we can claim uh, Elon Musk whenever he decides to go up because he's got uh, plans to have uh, a very rich uh, Japanese billionaire uh, go, around the, go around the moon 
uh, as well as spend a bit of time on the space station. And, and one of the first companies to do this, Space Adventures, they were the crowd who got uh, Dennis Tito and Mark Shuttleworth onto the space station. They're still doing these things. Uh, and uh, NASA has agreed they will be letting people go up to do spacewalks. Um, I understand Tom Cruise is going to go and film a, a movie, part of a movie, up on the space station. So space has gone corporate and 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 the, and the rather mm, symbolic maybe not that impressive uh, bits from the two billionaires yesterday uh, are kind of just that next step that we need to take although i imagine you did see this jeff bezos um wanting to be grateful and humble and and all these good things uh, decided to thank people uh, or a whole bunch of people for being able to getting him into space but he included uh, the good people at amazon let me play you what he said and and, and you can imagine what uh, social media had to say after after he said this I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all this. <laughs> so seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. Uh, it's very appreciated. Well, that landed like a, like a, a space shuttle a that didn't quite work. Yeah. And um, what a it, it was... He kind of missed it. But but here's the thing. If I could say something in defense of why billionaires should go to space. In fact, heads of government, uh, leaders of massive multinational corporations, you know, we should send them to space, Bruce, even if it's on a little flip like this, because there's an effect that happens to people when they go to space. Almost every single astronaut and, and certainly those that they've studied for this particular psychological effect have said that when you go to space, you are profoundly moved by the effect it has on you for having seen the earth as a single thing. You do not see the borders. You do not see the conflict. You just see this one amazing blue marble uh, floating in an otherwise empty black space with nothing else that we know that could support our lives. And if that is a way to get people to understand climate change is real, we must be serious about pandemics and enough with the silly petty squabbles, then maybe this space tourism thing could be just a thing. I'd love to see how much Jeff Bezos changes his tune, as it were, as a result of having gone to space. He says it's changed him. Dennis Tito, just this week, he's now 80 years old, said he has profoundly changed his outlook on life. He's a very rich man. I don't know that he's necessarily put his billions to, to other uses necessarily. But he maintains that those were this, they, they were still the eight most amazing uh, days in his life. And a final point about just how many people are in space, um, besides the nations that have gone to space, the number of companies, there are 13 uh, rocket-going companies, and then each of those are connected with a bunch of other uh, companies that do the orbital spacecraft, the, the landers, the rovers, the research craft, the technology that goes to be built into those things, the satellite launches, the satellite themselves, the space manufacturing, the space mining, space stations, and settlements. All of those things are all currently being, being invested, not investigated, being invested in to the point where we now have space ETFs and we probably will have a space exchange in the not too distant future where you can decide to, you know, put your money in that very high growth, high risk sort of thing. If you imagine back to the original days with the insurance guys and those first commercial fleets going out to expand uh, the, the, the known world, well, the European known world and bring back, you know, exotic sort of things. This is the, this is the step we're about to take. So, not the final frontier, simply the next one. There's going to be messes. Thankfully, we have a UN um, organization for outer space that should hopefully help us assist with laws and things. Uh, it's going to be messy, but I think it's going to be very, very exciting. I'm mindful I've rambled all over the show. I do have an article online that will be a lot more coherent than my rambles now. So hopefully this is a really good space for all of us for the future. But you're forgiven because you're very excited about the marvels of space. Colin Cullis with Business Unusual.